Yo, what's up, people? We're back in the podcast. Back in the podcast, yeah? And I am super excited to do this one because we have a huge guest in the pod today. But before we introduce the guest, let me bring in my co-host, Jomo. Jomo, you know? Hi there, man. You know what it is? Happy to be here. Happy to discuss local football. Life good, aren't you? Yeah, man. I like things good. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, without I'm very really excited, so... I am super excited, bro. <laughs> Without further ado, let me bring any guests. We have man like Aubrey, David. Aubrey, what's going on, bro? Hi, cool. Hi, cool. What's going on, Adolio? Happy we, to be on the show, yeah. man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Bro, Thanks yeah. for taking time out your schedule to come and discuss football, your career, and everything, man. Yeah, no problem at all. No problem at all. Well, Aubrey, um, I just want to dive straight into the meat of the matter. Um, you recently you, you won the CONCACAF Champions League with Saprissa. How 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 is that how is that feeling? I believe that you are the first Trinidadian to win the CONCACAF Champions League. I believe so as well. Yeah, the, well, well, firstly, it's the it's not the CONCACAF Champions League, it's the CONCACAF League. It's something new, something. So it's not the same thing. Just no, it's not the same thing. Okay. Is it? Just started maybe like a year ago or two years ago. So, yeah, I am the first Trinidadian to win that league, thanks to God. And it was it was overwhelming, actually, to to win it because that is the first title I ever won with Saprissa. Okay. And it was it was it wasn't easy because we played some quality teams from El Salvador, from Honduras, from Belize, and these countries, and to to win it all. Against all these top teams, it was it was a good feeling. Okay. Let me oh, ask you, let me ask you a quick question. Just ask my first quick question, Aubrey. In mm. terms of playing style and your playing position, I think you was one of the most versatile players we have because I've seen you play at right back, centre back, and left back. Mm-hmm. But what what is your preferred position? At least for the national team, what is your preferred position? My preferred position, well. Yeah, I played all, all those positions and it all depends. It all depends on the, the, the coach and the style of play. Because me, I, I like to get forward and and be included in the attack is no problem for me. So if it's if it's that type of football where the wing backs have freedom to get up and get back, then yeah, I would I would prefer playing wing back. But if it's with a style that I can stay at home wing back. Then I'll be put to play centre back because for me I had too much energy to just be there playing centre back. Mm. But mm. if I had the freedom to go up and down, then I want to play wing back for sure. It's more fun. Okay, so what was it in a back three? Prefer to be one of the man, man. Yeah, in a in a, in a in a back three. Yeah, I would prefer to be one of the one of the ones that man marking instead of being the libero in the middle. So it's no problem. Just most important is if if I only feel and include any player and stuff. All right, oh, no problem. Take it oh, that way, Dave. Yeah, are we in Trinidad? Huh? Are you in Trinidad? No, I'm in Costa Rica right now. Oh, uh, um, the league on hold or you're playing football? No, right we, we 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 playing, we playing, we playing football. The league going on. We actually on the third round of football, and then we heading into semi-finals and finals, which that should take us to December. The league would be locked off, but we playing. With some strict rules. Semi-finals and rules. finals, that, that the cup? No, that is actually how the league is. The league oh, is actually okay. like... The league is actually like 
three rounds of football, and then the top four teams, semi-final and final. That is actually how the league is a oh, little bit different than that. Like, yeah, like kind of different from like the Premier League where whoever finishes mm. the most points win it out. No, it's different. You're going into semi-finals and then finals. I can't see the real kind of thing, boy. Yeah, yeah, I see the kind of thing, yeah. Well, how COVID been treating you, it, it's it's been it's been tough. It's been tough. It's been tough for everybody in terms of the football because it had a period that we had to actually stop and we had to go into to quarantine because three of our players tested positive. So we had to actually be doing training via Zoom. We had to do spinning classes because the team gave each and every one of us bikes. So. We had like gym session in the morning, spinning classes in the evening, just to make sure we, we stay in rhythm. So when the league start back, we wouldn't be like totally out of form. Yeah. And then when we started back the league, it was the games was coming rapid. It was like Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. So it was like less time to recover and more games just coming. So we all had to adapt it. And also there was different rules for training in terms of, we were only allowed seven players in a dressing room and we were only allowed to do physical work without without any ball because we had to maintain the distance and all that stuff. So it was a it was a little bit strict, but by now everybody everybody's coping with it because it's been like months during this pandemic. So everybody's coping with the new rules and that stuff. Well you say Zoom sessions, um how that is work is like classroom sessions. Basically, yeah, everybody had a phone and everybody had a phone and the the manager sent the link, everybody log in and I guess there's a there's a training coach for the spinning classes. So he would have everything up, set up. So for example, if I use a laptop, I would be seeing my other teammates, I'll be seeing him and he giving the instructions and that stuff. Basically it used to be like an hour. So sometimes we'll have spinning classes or sometimes we'll do uh, like a video meeting, watching other games, watching our highlights. And sometimes we'll do it like gym sessions. Also, you do like tactics, tactical sessions or something too? Yeah, know? we do tactical sessions also. So by the time we come out of the quarantine, we already know and we already have an idea in head that what we're looking to, to aim at and that stuff. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, before we go into the next part, Andrew, you have anything? You have any questions? Yeah. Um. How is the football in Costa Rica? We know Costa Rica is a top country in CONCACAF, as opposed to, I know you played in the US, yeah, I know you played locally here in Trinidad, so how is it different for somebody who will be currently playing in Trinidad and thinking about coming across to Costa Rica or would have an opportunity in Costa Rica? What would say makes the football different? Is it faster, more technical? How is it? Well... Somebody who playing in Trinidad and coming to Costa Rica, they'll have advantage because basically 90% of our players have speed, 90% are like physically strong. So they'll have that advantage because here the players are not that fast. They're not that fast and they're not that strong. Here the more depend on technique and, and tactical play, a lot of like tiki taka football. So a player coming from Trinidad would have the advantage of being, being fast and being strong. But he would be at a disadvantage in terms of the speed of football because in Trinidad, the football is much, much more slower, much sometimes much more direct 
So when he come across here, you just need some time to adjust to get accustomed to the tiki taka football and and the speed and that stuff. But that is that is the main difference with the football in Trinidad and and in Costa Rica. It's just the, the it's more technical, more technical and tactical. So then, what do you think from your observation gives Costa Rica the little edge over us when we would play? The better facilities, better training, waiting, giving us, giving them that edge when we play them. Well, I would, I would never say that they're more talented than us mm-hmm. because we know that in general we have a lot of quality. I just, I just think maybe it's the mindset mm-hmm. because. Being from Trinidad and playing in Costa Rica, I get to see the both sides of it. Yeah, yeah. And in Costa Rica here, football is like a religion. Mm-hmm. Football is the number one sport here. So everybody's in tune with it. They fund it. They, they make sure everything is in place. Because if you, if you look at it, Costa Rica has qualified for the last four World Cups. Or the last three World Cups. Consecutive. So you know for sure that the point emphasis in it. So the training facilities, the professionalism, all of that stuff is what it what they would beat us with. But if it comes on to it on the day, we are more talented than them by far. But it, I guess it all comes down to the mindset of the players and, and the support and everything that, that comes behind it. Okay. So previously we had spoke to so would have spoke to different players and they would have said that. We don't really have fans in Trinidad. We don't really have people that would ride up and down with the team. We have people that come on board with the team when it's one point from the World Cup, one point from the World Cup. We play Mexico and it's a tight draw, but the 2-0, the 3 is immediate criticism of the team, immediate criticism of the players. Why this one not playing? You know how Trinidadians are. What do you think about that? Well, it's, it's true. It's true. We basically have as you call them, so-called bandwagoners. When we hire everybody riding, but as soon as the results not going away or we're not playing as well, everybody jump off the bandwagon. So that's what we have. But as I said, getting to see two sides of the coin across here, I would talk, for example, in my club. Don't matter if we play in the top the table team or we play in a team that is last, the fans sure to pack the stadium. You're sure to get 18,000, 17,000. Sure, sure, sure. Every game. It don't matter who we playing. And that's the thing, that's the thing across here. They support them through the good moments, through the bad moments, because as I say it's like a religion. And that's what we don't have. We don't have the, the fans that that passionate. Because not all the time we're going to play well, not all the time we're going to win games. But to stay passionate with us and to stay with us through the high and the low moments, we do have a kind of dedication, but hopefully soon in the future that we we invest more in football and, and pay more attention to it. Hopefully we can get that type of fans because I remember when I was when I was younger, coming up maybe like 13, 14, going towards the national team, play with Dwight York, Kenwin Jones, and these guys, the stadium was rammed, the stadium was packed, yeah. and I was like, wow. I was like, I can't wait to be on the senior team. I can't wait to be at that level and then to get to the senior team level and to see we had games and sometimes you ain't getting seen a thousand, you seen maybe less than that is is a is a difference from what I had in my mind when I was growing up seeing. So hopefully we can get the fans back on board and get them dedicated to follow us 
But I remember a game, a particular game. I think it was we draw that game nil nil with the USA. That uh-huh. the same was actually pack. That's on that yeah. early season. That's the beginning of the qualifiers for qualifiers. 2018. twenty seventeen. Yeah, but that's Yeah, yeah, we we was yeah. there was a period we was on a high. Yeah, that period coming off the coming off the gold cup, gold cup coming off the gold cup 2013 where we yeah. we get knocked out where we got knocked out in the quarterfinal and then yeah, the gold cup again and getting knocked out in the quarterfinal against Panama. Yeah. Then going into the the World Cup qualifiers coming out the group. First, that period we was on a high, so like the stadium, the stadium was round, the stadium was packed, mm-hmm. and the, the whole environment within the team and within the country, you could feel like yes, boy, the country riding with us, and we had the confidence that yeah, we had to qualify. This is the time we go and qualify, and yeah, as I say, the stadium was packed when we play America, when we play Mexico, yeah. we play Panama. The stadium was packed. I remember the Costa Rica game. I seen Kilo Navas. That game. Was Bramo too? Exactly, and I think. But after that, yeah, you don't see, you don't see the crowd for the, the the Guatemala and the yeah. the um, as soon as as soon as qualification was all the window, that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It. But I remember when this day, when this day was packed, I was like, and you walk out and you see the sea red and you see the people yeah. passionate and stuff. Yeah. It's an extra inspiration. It was an extra yeah. inspiration, and hopefully we can go back to them days. Hopefully. Well, let me kind of get into your journey now. now. Um, you went to Vesini, right? Yeah. And uh, you started your club football at Southend, right? Well, professionally? If, it, if we're talking professionally, then yeah, we talk, yes, I started at Southend. Well, let me go before the professional, where you started. Originally started with Point Fourteen Civic Centre at age 11. That's in school or when you was out of school? That is right. I was going into secondary school at that time. Okay. okay. I was just about to start secondary school. So I, I started with Point 14 Civic Center from maybe age 11 to, to 15. Oh, so you play with the youth teams? Then, uh-huh, with the youth okay. teams. And then okay. I went to W Connection. And I was with W Connection from maybe 16 to... 16 to 19. That's still youth level? 19. Still youth level, right? Yeah, that was, that was still youth level. I was played on a 16 and under 18. Okay. And then at 19, I decided to, to go pro and uh, my first team was with Southend, yeah. And how was that, though? How, how was your first club and how did that um, build a foundation for your territory or no? Well, to be honest with you, when I, when I left school and I decided to go pro, I had the opportunity to go with with your public. And I actually went there and I spoke with them and they say, yeah, they're interested. And they offered a contract. But then I sat down and I said, boy, if I go with your public, I'll be playing with a big club, but we mightn't get as much playing time. And at that time, I think that was more important to me than the money or anything else to get playing time. And and Southern has just came in the league and it was close to home also. And I said, boy, if I go to South, then mightn't be as highly paid or a big club as Joe Public, but for sure, I would get playing time and I would get exposure and experiences during that season. So that is why I actually opted to go to, to South. Then. And the season was, was tough. It was mm-hmm. tough because 
we was new and we were playing against top teams, Toby Connection, Joe Public, Jablote, and we weren't winning as much games. We, we lost a, a lot of games, but the experience for me was good because it, I guess it built my character mm. because it opened my eyes to, to see that not everything is going to be like a bed of roses. There's going to be tough days. There's going to be some days that you would like to forget. But it built my character for sure. And I was most grateful to Anthony Roger for giving me the opportunity to, to play with Southern. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe you and um, Wesley started Southern at the same time. Yeah, basically, basically me and Wesley was like was like twins in inseparable because we actually started investing together. And then I took him to I took him to Civic Center. And then after Civic Center, he took me to to W Connection. And then from W Connection, we went to Southern together. So we basically grew up like twins, never apart. So we, we both began at, at Southern together. Well, just as I mentioned, Wesley. Let's know for the um, who don't know who Wesley is. Um, they could check what? out the episode with Wesley John. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah, as I mentioned, Wesley Aubrey. Um, Wesley would have played for Point Fourteen Civic Center, and um, me being from Point, him also being well Vancouver, but we consider that point as well. Well, Point, we mm-hmm. consider Point Civic Center representing from Lambricom, though, at least for me. I know other people might feel, but at least that's for me. And he said it was like a dream come true playing for your hometown, all these kind of things, playing with a club that you would have been there from since you're young and you're getting the opportunity to play with them now. How do you feel about probably towards the end of your career possibly taking it back and playing for four important to the center? If that the opportunity presents itself. As you say, if the opportunity arises, as you say, one time I go on because as I say, it's a dream. It's a dream to actually to play for your, your hometown team, a team where a place where you grew up and then actually get the chance to actually play for the football team in a professional environment and stuff. It's a dream. So yeah. if the opportunity arises coming to the end of my career, I I would take it. It would be it would be a pleasure for me to play for Point Fortin Civic Center at the senior level, having played yeah. for them at the junior level. Yeah, okay. Um I think the only adjustment I would make to my hiker over probably to be bring back the wooden stands. I find like when you're making noise with the wooden stands, it used to make a lot more noise than no. I think I don't even get bigger or cut the wooden stands again, but something more that wooden stand and right making noise. Right now it had no stands. It had no stands, yeah. but I know what you're talking about because I've been I've been in the stands watching games yeah. and I've been on the field here in the yeah. stands. So when you yeah. hear people start to knock that galvanize yeah. and the wood. Yeah. Nice it's like a whole yeah. different, different, different environment. But yeah, yeah you, you remember it well, man. Yeah, you need yeah, to bring yeah, back yeah. them stands for sure. You need to bring back them stands. Yeah. That was good times. Yeah, that's good times. Scarlett. Where did you um where did you go after Southern? After Southern. After Southern, I actually went to Joe Public. Okay, okay. Because at that time I got more. I got more exposure and they were still interested. So I ended up I ended up going with them. And okay, I signed okay, and okay. I actually and I actually played for them for like six months. And that is when we won we won the first citizen cup in that six months, played with a lot of quality players, mm. was coached mm. by Derek 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 Chaz and also Lachu, Coach Lachu. And after that, 
looking forward to the next season. Dies when they dies when they came out of the league. So okay, I was only with them for like six months. So you went to Northeast Stars? Huh? You went to Northeast Stars, I believe? No, no, no. To Joe Public. And after Joe Public came out of the league, I went yeah. to Tiantec. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But who is your last Trinidadian club? My last Trinidadian club was Caledonia. Okay, Caledonia. yeah, yeah. And how, uh, how, how you made that link between Caledonia and Sapuza? Like, how that happened? Like, how I actually got outside of Trinidad? Yeah. 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 How you got scouted? Oh, okay, well, it was through Coach Jamal Charles. No, give me Jamal Charles. Jamal Shabazz. Jamal Shabazz. Yeah, 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 Jamal Shabazz. Yeah, yeah. It was through him. Because he was basically like a, a father figure to me when I was in Caledonia. Guided me, made me more mature, made me more intelligent player, better player. So when I went to Caledonia, he had he had some links with some some scouts. And a scout from, I believe it was, he was from Brazil, came to watch a pro league game and we played defense force that night, Caledonia versus defense force. And we won that game 4-2. And I, I had a I had a decent game, I had an assist. And after the game, the the agent said he was like he was interested in seven players. And I was one of the seven, but unfortunately, he took five the first time to go on trials in various clubs in Europe, mm-hmm. like Finland and Norway and those places. And some players actually got contracts in Finland. Mm-hmm. So I was just there waiting for him to come back to say, Yeah, we're ready for you to go on a trial. And it didn't happen as soon as possible, so I kept playing in the league, kept playing in the league, until one day he came and he said, um, Coach Chavez come and said, Aubrey, we have a trial for you in Finland with a team FF Yaro. You're going to be there for, for two weeks, so make the best of it. And then I went there on the trials, and that was that was the team that Shadow Winchester was with. Yeah, so they had, a, they had a fair knowledge of, of me and they got some insight from Shannon also. So I went there in trials and after maybe four days, they offered me the contract and that's how I started to play in, in Europe. So you played in Europe. At the, I know you played in the MLS for Dallas FC. Mm-hmm. One, and... one second. One second. Mm-hmm. Oh, the light. Well, if it would help, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if it would help. All right, just give me one second. Sorry about that. Yeah. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all good. Um, I was asking you played in um you just start over said in Finland with FF Jaro. Um you played with for Dallas FC as well in the MLS and yeah. you con- you're currently in South um Costa Rica. So yeah. any indications that probably at any time you're looking towards trying the European market again or you feel settled in Costa Rica? As a as a player, as a player with ambition or any player with ambition, you're never really truly settled. You're always True. trying to you're always trying to see if it can always go to that higher level. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, I would never say that I settled. I'm very contented where I am and I'm happy to be in Saprisa, but there's all you're always aiming to, to something to something better and bigger. So if the opportunity comes to to play in Europe once again, and it's a good opportunity for for myself and for like Saprisa, then I would I would like to go back to Europe and and play at a high level, of course. 
Okay. You have any target leagues you're, 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 you're observing or you're watching? Probably German, probably English, anything in leagues you're looking at? Because yeah, I, don't, I don't think in your case, getting a work permit would be an issue based on the amount of caps you have. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the, the work permit has to be like 75% of the national team games and also the country has to be in the top 15 in the world ranking. And that might be the only hiccup because yeah, Trinidad right now not in the top 50. But if it yeah. comes down to games, then I think I would be okay. But yeah, yeah. I've been looking at the, the Belgium league and the, yeah. the German league or like in Norway and these places or Sweden. Yeah. I, I think I, I could do well in those, in those places. So if the opportunity comes, of course, I would try to grab it with two hands. All right, no problem. Well, um, let me go to your national team journey now. Um, oh, you started with the under 17, the under 17, right? Yeah, it actually started with the with the under 15 when it had the the tournaments, when it had the CFU tournaments. Mm. So it started with the under 15, then went to the under 16, and then to the under 17 national team. When we went to, we qualified for the World Cup and we went and we played the first World Cup on the 17 in, in South Korea and then moved on to the under 20, under 20 team where we qualified also and we went to play the World Cup in Egypt. And then from there, I played a little bit with the under 23s and then went on to senior team. Well, this, this is something I didn't know until I uh, watched your Wikipedia page that you actually play for Guyana. Yeah, I did, yeah. I did. <laughs> um, you're Guyanese. You were born in Guyana, or I, I, I actually am. Not many people know, but I was born in Guyana, and at the age of three, I moved with my mom and my brother to Trinidad and Tobago, and then basically spent the rest of my life in Trinidad until I left to, to play football in abroad. So, yeah, not many people know, but I actually am Guyanese. And this all happened through, as I said, Coach, Coach Jamal Shabazz because he was, he's Guyanese also and he was a part of the Guyana national team. So, when, time, he yeah. found out, when he found out, he gave me a call. And, and at that time, uh, Guyana was going to play in the hex of the World mm-hmm. Cup yeah, because that was just knocked out Trinidad. Yes. And yes. it was... So, you was on that so, team and knocked out Trinidad? No, I wasn't. I was oh, actually I was, at that time. I was on the under twenty three national under twenty three for Trinidad, and I didn't make the final team. And then after I didn't make the final team, he actually gave my call, and we actually sat down and spoke about it. And I had to give it to it. it was like one of the hardest decisions I had to make in 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 my career so far. Mm-hmm. And I had to talk to a lot of people and the pros and cons and that mm-hmm. stuff. And then he actually sat down and said, okay, listen, we are we are going to play two friendlies. You're going to play in Jamaica and we're going to play Panama. Mm-hmm. So you can come and play. If if for some reason you don't like the setup, you don't like the environment, you're free to go back to Trinidad and play. And then I said, okay, basically I don't have anything to lose. And at that time I was, I was younger and not, I wouldn't say, I wasn't so intelligent. I just wanted to play World Cup qualifiers. All I was thinking in my head is World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, yeah. you didn't look at the bigger Mexico. picture. Yeah, I just thinking Mexico, Costa Rica, America, these things. I was like, wow, I want to play at them. And at that time, I was in a place that I wasn't really thinking that straight because 
I was still carrying the emotions of not being able to make the final team for the national under 23. Mm. So when that happened and then the transition to this opportunity, I was just like, yeah, not to lose. And then I, I went for it. And that is how that, that came about to, to play with, with Guyana. It was only it was only two friendlies, actually. Mm-hmm. It was only two friendlies and I actually was on the bench for the two games. We played Mexico mm-hmm. first in, in Mexico in, in the Azteca Stadium. Mm-hmm. And I was there on the bench and we were losing like three one. And coach coach Chavez said, Aubrey, warm up, get ready. And I was actually on the line waiting to go to get subbed in. And then we came and we scored. And then the coach was like, no, don't send on the defender. Like, you just try to go and win it. And they end up telling him, okay, Aubrey, come back, come back and sit down. And then we went some days after to go play Costa Rica in Guyana. And I was on the starting team the day before the game. And I was like, really hyped. I was like, yes, they my chance. And then day of the game, I wasn't, I wasn't on the starting team. I was on the bench. And then after the game, I didn't speak with Coach Shabazz or anything like that. I ended up coming back to Trinidad. And then he actually gave me a call and he said, Aubrey, uh, you couldn't play because the paperwork wasn't finished. So that is why I had to, to not play at all. So and then after he said, the, he said that was it, the paperwork wasn't finished and it wasn't set up right. So it wasn't really official that he could play with us. And then that's how I didn't, I didn't get to play for them. And as and maybe like a month or two later, I got called up to the national senior team for Trinidad and Tobago. Okay, so I think the best decision came to the four in the end. At the at the end of the day, as I always say, God is in control. We always could try to go wherever we want to go, but at the end, God has the last say. So I guess that was his will for me. And as I told you at that time, I wasn't that intelligent at the time to actually sit down and think about all the options and that stuff. So I actually went my way and got and saying, hey, here come my back. way. Said, so come back right here. So I, I say it was more naive, man. Huh? I say more naive. I say it was more, probably more naive than unintelligent. Ex- exactly. Probably more naive. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Because you know, when you're at that age, uh, as Kenwin said, that is the I know stage. I know this. I know that. I want to play. I want to do. So probably at that stage, you probably wasn't seeing you whole picture. And well, God is exactly. the boss at the end and- and at that time, as I said, I had a type of hunger that I want to get out. I want to get out of Trinidad. I want to go play Europe and that stuff. So their hunger and being naive at the same time drove me to, to, to make those decisions. But at the end of the day, I was grateful. I was grateful that I actually got to experience that. So I could actually get to see that God weighs the best way at the, at the end of the day. And I was always and I'll always be grateful for Coach Shabazz for taking me underneath his wings and, and grooming me and showing me showing me different sides of football and helping me to improve not only as a football player but as a person as well. So yeah, we talk about your move from the senior team. Um I wanna ask like a question uh, like something that some a lot of people would call Trinidad's most exciting moment in recent years. The World Cup winner, the qualifying winner against USA. That that did now USA a, a World Cup spot. You was in that squad, right? No, I I wasn't in that squad. I was actually I was actually suspended by the TTFA for two games for uh, an error that I made, so I was left out of the squad. 
So I was that's when I got banned me myself and um, and Jamil Boswin we got banned for for playing minor league like a week a week before games so oh. we got banned and then we got banned for two games and fine so I wasn't a part of of that game against USA but it was it was an exciting game uh, how, how like being you was watching you was in the stadium for that game No, I was actually in Finland. I was actually in oh, Finland. Okay, I was actually okay, playing yeah. in Finland. So I had to... I had to so you didn't see it live? It. No, I, I didn't. I had to watch oh, it on, on a laptop. I didn't get to be in the stadium. Well, how, yeah. how was that feeling though? It was... <laughs> it was like unbelievable. Especially because of the moment of the match from Alvin. Yeah. Because I was actually watching it with some teammates from Finland. And when I and when I saw Alvin sizing up to shoot it, I was like, "Yeah, I know he have that range." But to see the way the ball move, and to actually see it hit the back of the net, and the whole environment in the stadium and that stuff, I was like, "Wow!" I was actually proud to actually be watching it with some teammates from Finland to let them know, "Yeah, they they's Trinidad, they's what we are." And I was actually proud to. To, to, to watch that game and to see we we pull off a win like that and to see the way the guys played and the way they fought until the end it was it was amazing it was amazing game to, to watch. Howard is Howard is not easy keeper to beat too. So yeah, Howard. I'm not gonna say that there's not easy keeper than there's a Premier League keeper he beat from that exactly, range. Exactly, exactly. Because I I I played against him in the MLS when he was with Colorado. Yeah. And I was I was with Dallas and I played against him and I actually saw. Some amazing saves that he made. So to actually, to actually see Alvin beat him from that distance with that wonder strike, it was. It and was... he seen the ball all the way, so he ah. wasn't shadowed. He, he saw the ball coming all the way, and exactly, exactly. He had no excuse in the world to say that he didn't see it or anything like that. It was just, it was just too good. It was just too good. Let me just touch on two things, Aubrey. Um, you, you mentioned Jamil Boswin. I know Shaquille Dublin and a number of players actually from the Point Ligu area look up mm-hmm. to you as a bigger brother, as a power player, as an experienced footballer and a national player. How does it feel to have the admiration of plenty of the younger generation coming up and using you as motivation to get outside of Trinidad? It, it feels good. It feels good to actually to be an inspiration to... To younger players, because I remember myself when I was younger, I look up to the players in my community, look up to players like national team players like Dwight York, Kenwin Jones, Latter P, Renal Carrington, all of these guys, mm-hmm. and to actually have um, like idols like Renal Carrington in my community mm-hmm. and Leroy Dillian and these guys, mm-hmm. I remember how it felt. So for me to be in the position now to inspire others. I take it with with great honor and great privilege, and I try as much as possible to I try as much as possible to lead them in the right direction and make sure I'm a, a good example to them. So when it's their turn to lead, they can they can use some of my tips or some of, of my ways also. So I take big privilege in in trying to be a role model for the the people in Point Fourteen and and Point Ligo to be exact. That's good, man. We appreciate it. One more question, and this one I'm going to make it a little more difficult. 
you were a fundamental player under Stephen Hart from the high times where we draw four with Mexico, we draw three with Mexico, the deep quarterfinal runs with the Gold Cup, etc. Then to come a little bit with, the, with that hype with Stephen Hart starting the 2018 World Cup, and then we went on a bit of a downward spiral in terms of we only won against Panama, and we had some hurtful losses in the World Cup process, and then under Dennis Lawrence. So how, how was the contrasting emotion to be actually holding our own against Mexico? And I think, if my memory serves me correctly, in the fall draw, we were actually beating Mexico until Guadalajara scored an amazing goal. So how was it like, what was the transition like from being at the mountain top to then being almost in the valley? First to, first to begin, for that fall game against Mexico, will, I will never be forgotten. That, I guess that was maybe my best game for Trinidad and Tobago or best moment ever in Trinidad and Tobago football. And as you said, honestly, we was, in that time, we felt within ourselves that we were unbeatable. I bring thought so as which, well. Bring whichever team you think is good against mm. us. And we had that belief that we're going with three points. Because mm. after that goal cup, Mexico came right after. They said, no, we won a game. They were friendly. Just to prove that it was luck that we had. And we held we won again three all. And then after that moment, we went into the qualifiers. In the group, we played Guatemala, we played St. Vincent, and we came out on top. And we were just on a high. We were just on a high. I guess the whole vibes in the camp, the whole team camaraderie, the whole environment, we were just like more together. It was like a tight-knitted group with belief in each other, and there was just only good vibes flowing. And then we we got we got to some hiccups in the road, and... Result wasn't going away because we started the first game in the head with a loss against Costa Rica 2-0. Mm. And then we went to Honduras and we lost 3-0. So mm. it started to go, it started to go downhill from there. And I guess we never really got a chance to to unite again and to, mm-hmm. to how to put it, to say to, to form again, to be strong. Mm. And then there was the changes in the in the in the coaching staff, and then came in coach Dennis Lawrence, mm-hmm. and we continued we continued fighting to try to gain a spot in into the to the World Cup, and it never really worked out for us, and we never really got results that was favorable to us, and it's a, it was a big contrast to actually being on that high to 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 hitting that low to not qualify to the World Cup because we actually believe that that was our time for Trinidad and Tobago to be back in another World Cup and it didn't work out so it was it was a difficult period to to swallow because going from that high it was to, to end up not qualifying it was a it was a big disappointment and, to us. And for me I was too young for 1989 so 2006 would have been my only the best World Cup campaign I could remember and I felt Shades of 2006 in the early 2018 campaign. I, as I go, talk, I'll talk about two games. The nil-nil draw with the USA in the group stage. And then the two-nil loss. Even though we lost two-nil to Costa Rica, I felt we had chances. I didn't think we were totally out of the game. But I guess that's just the way the cooking crumbles and things in just even, go even, even there were there were games that we were amazing. Like if you think about the game against Mexico at home, 
when we when Joven Jones scored and the, the, the offside goal, allowed it and yeah, that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we had we had some amazing games. We had some amazing games, but yeah. the results at the end of the day never really went our way. And we were. Out I think of we beat St. Vincent seven one in Trinidad. Six 0 six 0 Yeah, we 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 beat them six 0 in Trinidad and we won three two in St. Vincent. That is when Levi Garcia made his debut. And yeah. he scored another year, so yeah. we at that moment we was just we was like we was untouchable. You could see, yeah. you could see we was untouchable. It like everything was coming together at the right time for that campaign, and then it just kind of didn't take off. But and and at that time, as you said, I got to see 2006 World Cup. So like when everything was just coming according to plan, everybody yeah. had that vision in their head. Yeah, 2018 is we won. 2018 yeah. World Cup, we go in there. Yeah. So everybody yeah. had that belief, and then to to see it not happen, it was it was a big disappointment for us. And happening that and way too. Eh? It's not like if we, we finish way, just yeah. outside the, the top four, yeah. Yeah. we finish dead last. Dead I think it should not happen yeah. now. It should not happen now at all. I think so as well. I felt I felt um this is my personal opinion. I felt that Stephen Hart should have been able to see out his project. Because after, even though they changed and they brought in Ben Hacker at a similar point and Ben Hacker worked for us, I think that that kind of, it was a Ben Hacker type coach for me coming in at that point, okay. But I guess that's just, without going into much I specific, that's just well, how yeah, it is. I, I don't know how much you could speak on that. But yeah. yeah. I, personally, me, I, I, I don't like to speak on it because yeah. it's, not really, it's not really my style. Yeah, yeah. I prefer to, to get on the, the field and play. So mm-hmm. I, I really wouldn't like to, to touch on the subject, but as I said, it, those were experiences. They were good ones, they were bad ones, and I get to experience both, and I've learned a lot from, from the experiences. That is the most I would say. But to, the, to, the next World Cup 2026. The, huh? next World Cup 20, the next World Cup 2026. So God just, willing. And... You just skipped 22? No, sorry, 22, 22, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> the next World Cup, the next World Cup, World Cup sorry, in, it's 20, where, where the America, no, it's 2026, 20, I skipped in 2022. Oh, it's talking about the Mexico. That time I one. go, that time, that time I go be walk, I go have a walk and stick, man. That time I go have a walk and stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be too old for that one, but yeah, I feel like. It's 30 now, no? It's 30 now? We used to say for twenty for World Cup twenty twenty two, I would be I would be thirty two. So twenty six, I I will yeah, like, I, I, I go be I go be in a walking sick that time. I will go <laughs> that time. Well, that, that time. Well, do it. I don't know. Give me a little of If God if God favor me enough to to keep my health and strength and play yeah. at a good level, and it's possible, of course. But I think that twenty twenty six is a real good chance for us. With the World Cup being in Mexico, Canada, and the US. And I mean, also, we have, I just feel the proximity to home, a lot of Trinidadians could be, once you get to that World Cup, but that says it's easier for a lot of Trinidadians to go to the US, Mexico, Canada. So I'm hoping for 2022, but 2026, I think it's, we should put some kind of program to make sure we're there at that, at that stage. And it's also um, because um, 26 would be an extended World Cup, it will have 64. Yeah, it would be. It would be an extended so World it Cup. It would be a better chance for Trinidad to be there. And yeah. USA, that, that Canada, and Mexico get automatic spots. So 
it kind of begins kind of out of the way. True, exactly. Exactly. As exactly. And that, and that's what everybody have in their mind that that one is a must go. That World Cup, must. we must be there. And as you say, if we start up a, a structure in place for that World Cup, yeah. then I think we, we go have a head start. And as you say, those teams being host all automatically qualify, then yeah. they there should be a 90% chance that, yeah, we must yeah. be there. Unless something tragic happens around that, we shouldn't be there. But mm-hmm. as you say, that World Cup gives us much more opportunities than we have now. So we must take full advantage of it. I mean, 26 is a long time from now, but you think, we will, you think we will be favorites to, to reach that World Cup? Given the state of Trinidad football now? As you say, it's, it's, a, it's a long time away, and with the with the with the state right now, things not being on the bright side, it's difficult to say. But hopefully, in the near future, we get to the change the circumstances around and and start and start focusing towards that World Cup. Hopefully, you could be part of a coaching staff or something by then. <laughs> I will start to work on the coaching license one time. <laughs> I just want to track back to, to last year. Obviously, we talked about the 2013 Gold Cup. And let me talk about the complete contrast to the 2019 Gold Cup. Like, that was, for me, watching that, that whole tournament was very frustrating. And I, think I think I deleted that tournament out of my memory. <laughs> I think um, you, you, Levi, and maybe Molino was there? Yeah, Molino was there. Yeah, you, Levi, and Molino was probably one of the best standout players at that tournament. Um, how was that tournament for you, though? That tournament was was a little bit frustrating. Not because of the tournament itself, but was leading up towards the tournament for me personally because I applied for my visa in March in Costa Rica. And then they told me that they have to run a process check and that could take like three months. And it actually took more than three months. So when the, the final Gold Cup team was picked, I was actually off the team because the deadline had passed and I still hadn't gotten the visa to, to go to America. So it was frustrating to me, but I still kept faith and I still kept working. And then one, like a day, two days after the team was picked and everything was submitted, I got the visa and I actually got permission from CONCACAF to actually join the team. So I came in late. I didn't really get to go to Japan and, and play those preseason games, the, the, the leading up games to, to the Gold Cup. So I actually arrived like two days before the first game against Panama. So I really didn't know what was really going on within the team. But we, I think we had a good chance of coming out of the of the of the group if we had won that Panama game. I think because looking on paper, had... I think looking on paper, um that that was a group that I was expecting Trinidad to come out from because I see Panama who we beat in World Cup qualifying. I see Guyana. Exactly. I see Guyana who I don't create Guyana we are, as, as we a are, we are exactly we are like a custom we are custom beating Guyana and Panama. Yeah. So, and the only challenge basically was USA. So, like, we was thinking, okay, get three points against Panama, try to hold out against USA, beat Ghana, and we heading out of the group. But it so happened at the first game, we didn't get the three points. And I guess from there, it just went to the USA game and then 
began a game where we where we got a draw. It was difficult. It was difficult because we really had the belief that we would come out of the group and and go on and see how far we could get in the competition. But let me talk about our USA game. That was a kind of revenge game for USA in a sense. That they come out all guns blazing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we we lost six nil, but I don't think the the scoreline represented the game because that was not six nil game to me. I I think exact same because I think at first half it was one nil or two nil, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And we wasn't we wasn't feeling like we was outside. We wasn't feeling like we was outside. Because I think for a good period in the first half, we held our own. We may not have had clear-cut chances, but we held our own and we were fighting. And then the whole second half was like a contrast. The whole second half, like we just collapsed as a team. I don't know if it was mentally or we were tired or what, but when when they scored the third one, we were like, okay. Close up the shop. Larry, stay solid. Make sure no more goals conceded. At least Larry, Larry play for, for respect. And then after it, the goal just kept coming and it was just like, wow. And it was one of those days that you, you wish I could forget. One of those days yeah. that they, and you feel like you wish I could forget. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was difficult because that was a sleepless night for me because... Six is like a, a, a big embarrassment and to, felt like we let down the country in that game. Yeah. And it was for me it was it was horrible. It was couldn't sleep. I think for me, why I said I forgot that game, I think it was difficult with all what I was going on and in and around the football at that time. And I felt like we've been beat by Mexico in the Azteca and we've been totally outclassed. Like I I like Mexican football in terms of the talent on show. I think the American football is a bit basic, is a bit more, well, at least for me, it's not nothing play or nothing exciting. It's a, it's a kind of monotonous something. And to be outclassed by American teams that, yes, they are world-class players in some positions, but I don't feel that they was wholly better than us or that I felt like the team that drawed Mexico could have even beaten that American team on the day. It was extra hurtful for me. And I don't even think that was a good American side compared to the side um, we beat in World Cup qualifying. Yeah. And that and that is the thing. That is that is what we are saying because if we looked at the even the Panama team, that wasn't the strongest Panama team that we faced, and they beat us. And the same thing with the USA team. That wasn't the strongest USA team, and and they got three points from us. So that was the whole the whole feeling. After it was like, how 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 it happened, and we couldn't really answer because. First half it was okay, and then second half everybody we, we all just we like we just fell, and it was it was a big embarrassment, and I think that was the, the worst moment with the national team that I had. And then the Guyana game in the last game of the group, I think that would be your first game against your homeland. How was yeah, that for that you? Was, was yes, that was that was the first. No, that wasn't the first game I actually played against them. I played against them in Trinidad. A friendly, we played them in a but friendly. first competitive game. Yeah, it was the first. Yeah, then if you talk about competitive, yeah, it was the first competitive game. It was there was emotions, there was adrenaline pumping because when I went to the national team of Guyana, there was some players on the, the Gold Cup team that was there at that time, 
So it was it was good to see these old faces. But then as you got as I got on the field, it was strictly business, and it would have been nicer to get three points from them. But we came out with a point, so that was the end of our Gold Cup, and we headed back home or to our various clubs. Now, how was the mood after that tournament, though? Like going on the way back to your various clubs or some back to Trinidad? How was the mood in the whole camp? Well, me, I went back to I went back to to Saprissa, and even though I wasn't in the camp still, I was still disappointed so much that even when I came back here, I was still thinking about it, still see, still trying to figure out how certain things happen. But for me, it was it was bad, and I guess like directly after the Ghana game in the camp itself, everybody was everybody was a bit down. Because we had high hopes for that Gold Cup. We had high hopes to, to come out of the group and actually try to make it to the semi-finals and even try to go on. Just to see how far we could reach and to, to come out in the group stages, it was it was a sad mood in the camp, to be honest. I think the next sad thing from that Gold Cup was them kids. Bill, I don't the, like them kids. The kids, the kids. Oh, the kids. Bill, those, <laughs> those kids oh, like were... Again? Like Capelli. Capelli. Yeah, it was Capelli. Oh, wow. Yeah. This, this, I, this, I think this Joe Market was one of the best kids we ever had. Yeah, I, 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 like the, I like the Joe ones. I like the Joe ones. The Joe ones and them, the Joe ones and them mm. was nice. Especially the, the, the last ones that we had. Yeah. I was so glad that that was just a temporary deal because those kids will... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that... At the end of the day, that, that is what we had to. That is what we had to work with. So yeah, obviously, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> we had to. We had to use it. But so, where's your plan with regards to the next, the foreseeable future for your national team career, Aubrey Diva, your national team? How? What is your aspiration? How far are you willing to go? The sky is the limit. But what do you think possible for Aubrey David in the next four to six years, God willing? Well, God's willing, once once I have life, health, and strength, and I get called up to the national team, my my goal would actually to, to be to reach to the goal, to the to the World Cup and to reach to another World Cup, and be like a mentor to the younger ones, because obviously I would be on my way out, and they would be coming in. There will be some younger ones, so try to lead them in the right direction. And as I say, try to try to get our World Cup because that dream still is in over my head. Mm. And try to get our World Cup. So once I get the opportunity and I'm called to the national team, that would that would be the, the goal that I'm going with. Okay. Well, you're fortunate to always have good company from Vestini around you in and around your time from the Marcus Joseph, the Wesley David, and even separate and apart from Vestini, Akim Adams. How did it feel, Akim Adams, rest in peace? How did it feel to have these players? in and around the national team at different youth levels or even with Marcus on the national team, it had certain factors who does also comment. I'm not asking you to comment on this, but they also think that Marcus gets a raw deal when it comes to the national team in terms of his contributions to the Pro League and outside the Pro League. So, but I just asked him how having these players up there, they would have been close friends with in and around here. It was, it was good. It was good. It was, you know, at that time, at that age, 14, 15, 16, you're enjoying football the most. So to actually have like Marcus and, and Akeem every basically almost every day traveling together, playing football together. We had like a, a 
very close friendship. Each and every one of us. There was Wesley. Then there was Shadon and all of us. All of us from Southside. So we all traveled together. So we all had a, a very, very close friendship. It was good to, to, to share the, the battlefield with these guys. And Marcus, Marcus Joseph is a, is a natural talent. Naturally, naturally gifted. There's sometimes when I actually play with him in Destiny, he would do certain things and I'll just be like amazed because he that that left foot of his is magical. That, magical. that left foot is a Exactly. That is yeah. magical, his left foot. Yeah. So seeing him, seeing him grow as a player and to where he is now, I'm happy for him. And I hope in the in the future that there's much better things in store for him. And I, and I hope on the national team as well. Once he's calling to the national team, he, he gave his best. But um, I'm very proud of him, very proud of, of Wesley as well. And the the other South guys, rest in peace, Aki Madams, rest in peace, Sharon. And it was it was good having those moments with, with these guys. There's always there's also Andre Etienne that yeah. is from Point also. So yeah. it was Etienne with to, Marcus in India? Yeah. Mm. So it was good to, to share the feel with the with the South boys basically. Well, I had big Even. dreams to play. I had big dreams to play for Trinidad too, but that didn't work out. So, huh? <laughs> I say I had, I had big dreams to play for Trinidad too, but that didn't work out. So I went into the frame. <laughs> nah, don't give up, man. Don't give up. <laughs> nah, that that, that <laughs> dead Never long know. time, man. Never know. The, the only okay, chance I have the only chance I have at a World Cup now is is if I if I make the FIFA panel and I go. Referee, referee the tournament in 26. Well, why not? Well, then, well, then if that if that goal, you know, you had a pretty work, you had a yeah, pretty yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. You, you thought about refereeing when you finish your career, Aubrey? Uh, never, never. I like, I, I like, I, I think about it like I see referees, and I was, I was like, nah, I can't be a referee. I too nice. <laughs> I too nice. So, right. if somebody if somebody get foul here, yeah, I'm go blow it because this one arguing now nah, it shouldn't be a foul. And then when this one get a foul, at yeah. that confusion, I don't wait because sometimes I was really sitting and think about the amount of pressure referees have mm-hmm. to try to control 22 players and also the coaches and them. And yeah. I too nice to, to to be a referee. I could just be the middle they confused and I, I end up in blowing for nobody. So. <laughs> I I I wouldn't I wouldn't think I would be in a referee. So it was never That's thought for at that, all. For that reason. Never thought at all. No. For five minutes. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Pull, pulling on the yellow, the blue, the red. Pulling <laughs> on the short pants. No, you want flag, sir? As a kind of as a kind of as a kind of person that I like I like peace, and I find if you if you choose to be a referee, you would never have a peace because you go always have somebody <laughs> arguing in your head. You go always have somebody. Displeased with the decision mm-hmm. that you make, whether mm-hmm. it's on the field or even when you leave the field, some fans in your head, hey, you do that. Mm-hmm. I like peace, so I don't really want to get into that. I refer to be a, a strong minded person to deal with that type of pressure, and yeah, they yeah. have a cool head. And yeah. I do, I do nice for that field, boy. Well, that's right. that my that, honest opinion. You wouldn't even be an assistant, sir, for use a flag or something, sir. You see that ref in this in this day and age, in this day and age, when it have VAR, I could be a linesman. Yeah. Because VAR go bring it back and that stuff. But to see in the old time days when you had I mean the colour offside and sometimes it's offside and no offside and that arguing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, that is my that is my crew, man. Right? These guys are more hung out with them more. I was mostly roommate with 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 Keith and George, so we spent a lot of time conversing on that stuff. Okay, okay. That's good company to be around, though. Still, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin is a is a great guy, on and off the field, very hardworking guy. So, yeah, yeah, just guy. like yourself, so. <laughs> like, try to be. I try. I try to be. Try yeah. To be. Well, Obi, bro, it's been nice. You know, we could talk all day, but I know you had to get back to your duties. Yeah, no problem at all, man. It was a pleasure actually getting to sit down and relax and unwind a little bit with you guys. So. Well, I, I hope we could get you on. Get you on for a future episode, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever you guys ready, just let me know and I go be there, man. I no problem at all. Uh, no problem. Thanks for taking the time of coming in. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks for being a motivator and a mentor to the youth, particularly for my community at Point Fourteen. We appreciate it and we appreciate you flying the flag for Point Fourteen for. Point Ligo and well as as well for Trinidad and Tobago. We appreciate it and we appreciate you taking the time to come and by us, brothers. Yes, my pleasure, my pleasure and blessings to you and you guys and hope the show continues to get bigger and better and a lot of success to you guys in the future. Blessed love, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming here to service the national team. Thank you. Yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.